Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 1130 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Um, I was not able to make it on yesterday, and there was a subject that we should have talked about, but we're not relegating this particular subject to just one day because they say it's supposed to be honored on that day. And we're talking about um, organ donations and the importance of it and how you can learn more about it and get a, a perspective, a personal perspective, and not just the official perspective. Uh, I bring back to you a gentleman who's been on the show a few times uh, to talk about health and wellness, and he is, himself is a uh, recipient of an organ, and that is Marion Trainer. Good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. I'm doing great. Great, glad to hear that. And tell us a little bit about why you're doing great. Um, you yourself were the beneficiary of an organ donation. How did that come about, and what are, were the circumstances that led up to that? Uh, I'm pretty much a unusual case um, because mine started a long time ago, and from going into from being a kid with a hole in my kidney at age 13 to getting that fixed, going into the military and not, you know, at the time, I don't know if anybody knew it or knew enough to say it to you, but you're not supposed to take like NSAIDs, like ibuprofen and stuff like that. And in the military, you get a headache or sore or scratch, they give you Motrin. And over the years I had it monitored and basically uh, by 2015, kidneys just failed. And they were shrinking. Of course, the car accident, I had, a, I had like a contusion to the kidneys also. Basically, uh, <clears throat> I feel also led to me being leading up to that because <clears throat> I had to be monitored, and it just just happened that way. And um, I'm just blessed that I wound up getting a transplant. I was on dialysis for like two years. Oh, wow. Had you known anyone in your family or had you known any friends that had gone through uh, the process of having to have an organ donation? I have a cousin who had a transplant, but um, mm-hmm. but hers was from blood pressure, and I didn't have any of those factors going on, you know, because I'm in the health field. Um, and she she did well, and actually she was the one who told me about the the place to go get on the organ donation and instead it was at the time it was better and it was quicker which I did and 
how did when they approached you about this is not only a possibility but you know as things progress more like a probability that you would have to have this uh procedure done um how did you feel how did you take it what was your response uh the first initial response is being shocked cuz i had no uh initially 2000 that's that's what was told to me but it was like you're in shock at first and then you're kind of it's like a little disbelief and then you have this moment where you you almost feel kind of sad like me i can't believe it and then the reality sets in okay so what do we do so i can a lot of you go through a host of emotions as you began to come to grips with this and to um, get other people in your life involved, letting them know, you know, family, friends, um, any coworkers, anybody, uh, you know, how, how, what kind of reaction did you receive? Uh, you know, actually most people were very uh, supportive. And most people, just like myself, <laughs> was in disbelief because of the way that I looked. So it was, it was hard mm. for most people to, to believe that that was happening to me. I can't imagine. I, I was silently going through this, you know, pretty much almost for like 15 years. You know, not like, mm. I don't want anybody, want anybody to feel sorry for me or anything. And I just did right. what I was supposed to Diet and nutrition was concerned. Is that how, was it, how was it for, to ask, have to ask for help? Because, like you said, oh. you know, you, first of all, first of all, you're going through the the denial phase, and then, you know, then you're going through that. Um, well, I need this. How do I go about asking for this? You know, or and so, how did you navigate that? Uh, the first person I actually, if I do believe that I told, was my younger brother, and he was like, "Okay, I'll do it." But then two weeks later, he found out he had diabetes. So if you have diabetes, that disqualify you from doing it. And then my mom. And um, she went, and my mom could have been a donor. She, We matched up and everything. But they said because I was a bigger man and my mom was a smaller woman, that it probably, it would work, but it probably wouldn't last. So I didn't want to do that. To me. I didn't want to put my mom through that. And so how how does she feel about, you know, I guess kind of I want to help my child and I can't. I'm being told, no, you, you, you're you just not the one. Well, I put her at ease and say, you know, I, I mean, I'm going to be all right. I mean, I, I'm always thinking positive. And I had a, a friend of mine, best friend of mine, uh, he's probably on now listening. Uh, he, was, mm-hmm. he was trying. I mean, I had about four or five people that truly there was no questions asked. It was like, okay, where do I go? Mm-hmm. One of my one of my close, closest friends, uh, he did it immediately, but he actually found out he had something going on. So I feel like, and he, and he called back and thanked me. He said, man, you saved my life. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and another one of my friends, he did it, and he had something going on. And he said, I saved this saved his life, and I actually saw him yesterday. So you you feel heartfelt. Yeah. I just told so, the story. 
no problem. I'm curious now because for the so the people that stepped forward and said yeah they do it and stuff and then they found out about things I, I guess this was a blessing in disguise for them, but were these people that had ignored their health up until this point or were they getting like regular checkups as far as you know? Well, when you go for a kidney transplant, it's very in depth. If you even if you're going to be a donor, I mean like they screen you from A to Z. Some checkups don't do that. You don't get all that from the checkup. You don't know what to ask for. Okay. Because I, for example, the person that you said that found out that they had diabetes, that's kind of one of those things they usually check for now on a regular basis, whether, you know, what your blood sugar is like and, and so forth. Uh, so, but like you said, this was around um, year 2000, like 2000, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and nowadays people are a little bit more where they are want to ask, you know, well, what about this? Can you test for this? Can you check for that? And, and some people are even doing some self-diagnosis, but it's still, as, as we saw in that case, that was missed. So, um, well, everybody, everybody relegates you, your kidney situation to diabetes. And that was the first thing people asked me. I was like, no, I don't have diabetes. So it's it's always I mean it's kind of a, a little lack of knowledge for most people about this mm-hmm. about this. So I, I I feel like most people they if some people don't have actual pain or see blood they're probably not going to go to the doctor and I think that was the case with a lot of people and for the ones who uh, they were in good I mean if you looked at them you listened mm-hmm. to them they were pretty good health. But you have situations these days now where most insurances that where people work will allow you to go and get an annual screening with little to no money out of your pocket. Is it that people just don't take advantage of those situations? Some people are scared of the unknown. If I go and they find something, what will my life be like then? Mm-hmm. But if you go and they find something, isn't it up to you as the individual to kind of make the decision, uh, okay, I want to kind of follow up and see what's what, or, no, nah, I'm not going to deal with this right now, you know, it hasn't bothered me yet, you know, I'll just keep going. <clears throat> I mean, a lot of you have a choice. Some of the factors, one of the factors that I know people have and I've, I've listened to them, they're basically always afraid of what is it going to cost. Like your insurance yeah. will pay for you to but what is the cost after that or beyond or how much will insurance cover or not cover? And we're just in that time. Everybody's trying to be cost conscious. And unfortunately, right. people make the health. Right. But, I mean, like I said, though, you can go and at least get the information and then make a determination in terms of, okay, how do I proceed from here? I, I don't think anyone says that you have to do X, Y, and Z. For example, you, you find out you have, like, I, you know, with my bout over the holidays with COVID, I found out I had COVID. 
I was given a, a choice in terms of how I wanted to proceed. Did I want medication prescribed? Did I not want medication prescribed? You know, this, this, there are some things that, you know, you have to kind of be a grown person about and make some, some tough decisions on, right? Yeah, you do. But that's the, that's the thing. You have to just say to your – you know, the hardest person to look in the mirror is yourself. Mm-hmm. True. To say, you know, do I want to go get – and I'm a big – Believer in this, go get your checkup, just so if, if mm-hmm. something is wrong, catch it early in the beginning, and you could do something about it. But a lot of times, people, by the time they do it, it's either they're limping, or they barely can walk, or they barely can get around, and that's kind of like when they get the news, and it's, it really becomes unbelievable. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that is true. That is true. So tell me about the process in terms of you having to prep for a, a per- procedure and, and how long did it take? Uh, did you go through counseling? Uh, did you have to change certain health habits or, you know, dietary habits? Tell us a little bit what's oh, going on. Yeah, you do. And you actually do go through, you see a, a therapist. You go see a psychiatrist. Actually, you go see a psychiatrist because they want to know where your mindset is. Like, you know, how has this affected you? I was on four lists, uh, MUSC in Charleston, uh, the Medical College of Augusta in Augusta, Georgia. I went to UAB in Alabama and the Carolina Medical Center in Charlotte, um, Carolina Nephrology. So I was on four different lists. And I will tell you, it is a process. And each one of them you do, you're pretty much spending most of the day there. I can just tell you for one of them I do remember, and I won't forget this, I had to get like 22 vials of blood. And it's, it's pretty exhausting. And then once you, you go through that, you go, once you go through all the blood work and the physical that they do for you, they have a committee. And it takes about six weeks. That committee gets together and see if you're going to be a a great donor, a possible person who's going to get the kidney and do right with the kidney. And as far as uh, <clears throat> the nutrition part, because you're on dialysis, usually you're on dialysis when you find this out. Uh, the thing I had to worry about is to, to be mindful of is phosphorus, which is in almost everything you eat. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And they give you these pills about the size of your pinky <laughs> that you have to take with every meal to get the excess phosphorus out of your body. Wow. So, I mean, you do what you have to do so you can do what you, you – I was going to say, you do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do, and that's what I did. Right. right. So so we're going to take a quick break. We're here with uh, Marion, who is um, – he is a trainer. We've had him on before. You've, in fact, recently, so you've heard him. So uh, if you have questions, the comments, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time, and you need to plan a wake or repast. 
let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We're talking about um, organ donations. Now, yesterday was National Organ Donor Day, but that is, does not make the subject irrelevant after that day because um, we have a lot of people that probably just don't know enough about um, organ donations and um, who they help. So we have one person on today, Marion, who is talking about how, you know, the process for him. And uh, so hopefully you can gain some insight. So um, I so I guess one of the things I, I was kind of interested in, you talked about the, the different places that you went to. And I always thought there was just one source, one registry, um, and it turns out, um, because I had a, a cousin that was also looking for a donation at one time, it turns out there's multiple uh, locations, multiple registries. Um, how do you, are you, once you sign up for one, is your name spread throughout, or do you have to sign up for each and every one? Um, and do you do that, or does your doctor do that? No, you get a, you actually get what they call a referral. And they refer you to that to that center, like mine. Like I said, it was Charleston, Charleston, South Carolina, Augusta, Georgia, uh, Alabama, and uh, and because I was a veteran, because the VA has their own set of places that you go, and because of also having outside insurance, I could go to the other places like Charlotte and Augusta, <clears throat> but the VA had theirs where it was in Tennessee, Idaho, I think it's Iowa. And Alabama, I can't remember the fourth one. Um, so it's, I mean, I tell everybody I may have made it look easy, but it's a process because you get the lab. You have to go through, and what I do, lab workout. You have to get a. How did I have that? I had a caseworker, I had a caregiver, uh, and the labs and the medical work. I mean, it's a it's a lot of that you have to go through. So um, was there a point where you said, mm, nah, I don't want to do this anymore, or, you know, I, I don't know if I can make it through, you know, to to, to no. get to the stage where it's time for the donation? And, and, I mean, did they give you options? Like, for example, did they give you the option of just staying on dialysis? Would that have been an option? Oh, you can. I mean, in, in Few people, a lot of people do that, and that's because of being scared of the unknown as far as the kidney transplant is concerned. But a lot of people mm-hmm. don't do it to qualify. Okay. 
working on dialysis, they still don't do right. And the nutrition part is the the most important part of it. Mm-hmm. So now, how how do you feel? I mean, do you feel? And like I said, you probably it's, it's just you know after all of these years, it's just routine. But did you feel a difference or a change before and after? Like, did you say if I'd have known that I was having this problem? And, you know, and it was this way to rectify it. I would have done it sooner, or or was there just nothing that changed for you? Can you talk about it? Well, yeah, uh, nothing was for me. It was the process. But every time I went to the doctor, and they would say, "Okay, you know, we're gonna be, we're just gonna monitor it." And had a, mm-hmm. because things are different now in the technology and stuff. Like now, you got uh, saw one of the commercials. Like you got something to. Uh, help prevent kidney from uh, kidney failure. They actually have a medication out, so that was not out when I was going through it. So it's basically oh. a sit. Yeah, it was more like a you know you sit and wait and try to do the best you can. And the biggest thing is to try to stay as healthy as you can while you're going through it. Because there's times that you're gonna feel like <laughs> when you. I think I probably got stuck mm, well over a hundred times. Blood drawn all the time. It was, it was kind of one of those things where <clears throat> you get you give out, but you just don't give up. So you said that that it, that it just sounds like quite overwhelming. Um, were there days for you where it was or? or you just weren't phased. It was just you were just on task. This is something you had to do. Or were there days that, you know, did you have a good cry? Did you have to get a shoulder to lean on? Uh, did you get angry? You know, uh, what? What? How do you? What'd you go through? Honestly, all for me is, and if I if I'm being uh, honest here, um, I think the one thing I would say, I can't believe it's me. That's, that's all I said to myself, <clears throat> and I'm one of those people, I'm very competitive and a lot more of myself than anything, and I'm like, you know, if you give up, how can you be, how can you be an inspiration to anybody? Because that's what I talk. I'm in, I'm, in the, I'm in the business of health, so me giving okay. up would just totally mess up everything that I've ever stood for. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and, um, you were in a position where the, the, you couldn't really do much. It wasn't something that was within your control. You know, it, it yeah. happened and, you know. Well, so, some of the funny stuff about it is even on dialysis, and I had my clients, and I was like, you know, I'm, this is what I got to go through three days a week on dialysis. Um, I understand if you all want to find another trainer. And everybody said, no, we'll work around your schedule. So I guess when you have support from people, I didn't miss a beat, and I did not go through some of the ailments that most people do. Some of the ailments that some people go through is is almost almost debilitating. That just wasn't going to be my story. So let me ask, were you – you do you know, for for example, who your donor – is or was 
And was it a living donor? No, it was a deceased donor. But let me say this right here: when I was in a, when I went on to the transplant list in Augusta, Georgia, there was a great doctor, and he told me he said, "Your best bet is to get somebody who's in shape in your field." Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and basically, he was like, "So I'm thinking like even the people who." did ask to, they would not have been great candidates for me because it wouldn't right. last long. So happened, the guy that I did get it from, he had a kidney that had five valves on it. My kidneys only had four. Mm. And thanks to the technology and the great doctors, uh, Dr. Denny and Dr. Hart out of Charlotte, North Carolina, they got it in, and I truly can say, I feel, sometimes I feel like Superman. <laughs> oh, wow. That's great. And it's, a, it's, been, a, it's been a true journey, and I don't ever uh-huh. want to make it sound like easy, but you have to have your mindset set that, okay, I'm gonna, this is truly going to be a journey, and it won't be easy, mm-hmm. but if I have something's going to happen to make it feel like it was easy. And it did. What what was the main change for you after this happened? Was it dietary? Was it exercise? Was it um, your faith? You know, things ha- happen uh, with these life-altering experiences. What affected you the most? Uh, I had to learn to slow down. And having faith really did prop me up, shall I say, continue to prop me up like I've always been. Because when you have to, as I always say, I used to go so fast I thought I was running into myself. <laughs> and then when you, when you do finally get slowed down, your perspective changed. So now it's more like, it's kind of like an NBA player, and I always hear when somebody gets drafted and they first come into the league and they say, well, it's kind of tough for them, but when the game slows down, when they get a use, accustomed to this, the game will slow down for them. So the game of life slowed down for me. So now I'm I'm able to sit and look at things and be like, oh, I can analyze that a little better versus like, okay, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this. Oh, can't stop now. But you do seem like you're still quite busy. Because I'm trying to build something um, and so many things that I'm trying to work on because I want to help people. And whether it's from the – the health and fitness standpoint, to talking to diabetics and try to get them to understand you do not want to go through this. Don't look at me and think that I'm the poster child for it because, as I say, I I feel like I'm a rare gem, and sometimes you're going to have those rare people who make it look easy. They just didn't give up. That's why it looked easy. Mm -hmm. And I've learned to rest more. Okay, that so was, tell me about that because I don't think we none of I don't think any of us are getting the rest that we need or should or even some even close in some cases. I know I don't. I used to operate off four hours of sleep, and I was like an energizer bunny. Just go go, still going, keep going, and mm-hmm. once I was forced to be forced to slow down, I started realizing. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to go that fast after all. 
I'm just I just know how to section and prioritize and block things off. Like okay, trying to work on a book. Okay, have the website. Okay, trying to consult and trying to work with people. But I have a perspective on all of that. I don't go, you know, a hundred miles an hour anymore. I'm about I'm about fifty fifty five. Okay. Going to actual speed limit. (laughs) And my thing I would say to people is if you don't think, if you don't want to go through this, look at what you're doing. And it's not big changes you have to make, it's subtle changes. We make a big difference. And one of the things that do get people. A lot of people have a horrible diet, and mm-hmm. that's a that is a task in itself. The training, I think, the training is the easiest of them all, but the diet, you really do have to work at that. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about that diet and, and how you manage it uh, when we come back. We're here with Marion Benton, who is a trainer. We've had him on before. He's talking about his, his experience with um, having a kidney donated. And uh, yesterday was National uh, Kidney, excuse me, National Organ Donation Awareness Day, but uh, we, we need to look at this from a variety of per- per- perspectives and not just one day as well. So if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good afternoon and welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are trying to gain perspective on the importance of uh, organ donations, and we are here with Marion Benton, who had a kidney donated and uh, is living with the results in a very, very positive way, we should say, and is helping others to to have a healthier lifestyle. If you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. would like to hear from anyone else who may have uh, been the recipient of an organ donation uh, and, and get some perspective. So, But, Marion, let's talk about, you were talking about your diet, your nutrition. Was it bad mm-hmm. ahead of time? No. I was a bodybuilder. I've been personal training for 27 years. That helped. Okay. All right. So let me ask this, not trying to insult you, uh, Mm -hmm. but, you know, we hear a lot about trainers and supplements uh, or different enhancements and stuff. 
uh, did you were you using any of those types of things? I used supplements, and I was under a doctor a doctor provision, doctor supervision. But but let me just say this right here: I didn't start bodybuilding until I was 22 years old. I got diagnosed with this when I was 13, as far as what happened oh, to wow. my kidney. So this is the one thing, and I and I I even know some of my probably peers and people thought that that was the thing that did it because they were they were kind of hinting the question to me, but I'm. You're right. very open to talk and tell people, I've always went to the doctor. If you bodybuild, you need to go to the doctor at least twice a year because you need to see where your numbers are because you're no longer like the average person. When I had the kidney, mm-hmm. the kidney situation, my creatinine level was 33. Now, to most people, that's death. Yeah. So you have creatinine is in the muscle, and I have more muscle than the average person. And that's why I could tell people, especially for people who work out and engage in whether it's competing or you're just a weekend warrior, you have to go to a doctor that understands that because if he goes and if your creatinine level, say, is above, I don't know, above 1.3, he may think you're or, or at 2, he may think you're going into kidney failure right there, and that's mm-hmm. not the case. So you have to be mindful of who, what doctor you're going to and that he understands the stuff about kidneys. Right, that's important. Some, you know, you have people that specialize so much now in certain things. Not every doctor is proficient with knowing about every aspect of, you know, the the body. I mean, not just in general terms, but not specific in terms of, especially when it comes to the uh, donation of organs. So, um, so. 13, I just, I can't imagine that's a lot to process at that age outside of just general growing up, you know, so uh, what, so you did that, I guess, did that push you into the bodybuilding arena? Uh, What it did, it made me, I've always wanted, I've always been an active person, so and, I mean, I started working out at 12, and then I stopped, and I picked it back up at 16 because of uh, one of my uncles was in the military, and he came, he left home at 137 pounds and came back at 190. And I was like, I'm impressed. So <laughs> I wanted And And at the, at the end of it all, it's more or less like this right here. Everybody's going to have a different journey. The journey I chose was the journey that saved my life from okay. the head-on accident in 1996 and what was said to me was if it, if you were not in the shape that you were in not only from the injuries but from the the trauma you wouldn't have made it so that resonated with me yeah so I, I tell people you can you can criticize muscle you can criticize bodybuilding you can you can do all of that but i know what it's done for me not everybody has to compete but everybody needs some muscle it is like your insurance policy. Mm, okay. Now, so have you been able, what do you do with the knowledge that you have now? Do you go around, do you speak to, to other people? Do you go to the hospitals? What do you do now that you, you know what, you know, you've gone through this and, and you know what it takes? I have, I have, uh, work with a lot of people, and, and plus I have my own live that I do, my Marion Trainer Live, 
whether it's on Instagram or whether it's on Facebook, and I talk about it. So I feel like I can reach more people that way. But if anybody wants to book me, they're more than welcome to book me. <laughs> Give me a call at Marion Trainer uh, or call my number at 803-397-2060. I, I'm like an open book, and I know that I have a lot to offer people in in the form of letting you know what the journey is like and how you could prevent some of the things that could usually happen to people but not it may not be a good result because sometimes life is the best teacher for most people, but if you don't have mm-hmm. to go through this stuff, why? If somebody could tell you something that could help you and prevent you from going through what they went through, why wouldn't you want to listen? So what type of reaction do you get? Because I know, or well, I shouldn't say I know, but I it seems to me that, in African American communities, there's more resistance to the thought of giving an organ. Um, mm-hmm. what, what did you? What have you discovered? Oh, I have a ton. I have a lot of family members, <laughs> and only two actually came forward. So, <laughs> wow. Uh, I think it's the lack of knowledge and fear. Because everybody said, "Well, how can I? I don't know if I'll be able to live with just one, one kidney." Uh, yes, you can. And the other problem is people won't educate. Hello? And immediately, yes. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. I was like, most people won't educate themselves enough to be like, you know, not only will I save a life, but what a lot of people don't know, if you donate, and let's just say something does happen to you because now you have one kidney, you go to the top of the list, the very top. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the knowledge, all you're going to say is, oh, I'm not going to give anybody my kidney. Right. And I heard a lot of that. I heard the whispering and rumbling of that. But if I'm going to be honest, most of the people, other than my mom and my brother, most of the people who offered me a kidney were white. Mm-hmm. Is that an issue? Uh, I, mean, I think we we tend to think that uh, racial differences uh Ethnic differences have a lot to do with whether or not you're able to make that donation. Was that a problem? No, it was not a problem. And because technology has gotten so much better, even the blood typing is not a problem. They literally can take a person who's positive, A positive or whatever, and I'm O positive, and they can make that kidney work for you. How did this impact your insurance and your finances? Well, I've always been a good saver and investor, and I just had a great situation going on of not having to worry about, oh, my finances are going to be, well, I can't make the rent. I've always been, I've been prepared. I've always been prepared. Not that I want anything to happen, but as they say, it's better to have and not need than to need and not have. So what what are we, what are we um, looking at in terms of, um, and I'm sure the costs have gone up tremendously since you had this done. Uh, did you have to do things like fundraisers to to supplement whatever that you had in the way of your own finances and insurance? What what did what did you have to do? I didn't have to do any of that. I had uh, okay. I just got it. Uh, 
the surgery was like $230,000. Okay. Okay. And sure, you know, and here's the thing I'll tell people. What will happen is uh, you you automatically are qualified for Medicare. Okay. But that takes up cost, and if you have insurance, which we had like Blue Cross Blue Shield, which was through my wife, they picked up mm-hmm. the tab. Okay. And we made it acceptable from all the doctor visits and stuff. Okay. And I know that may not so, be everybody's story. I do know people right. who have uh, did GoFundMe. I do know people who had, you know, donated, who've had people donate to them, like friends, uh, coworkers. So th- all those things exist, and I would say that to anybody. I just always – I guess I could say I've just always been fortunate in life, schooled me on finances, and I thank God for it because it, it can take a toll on you. Mm. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that I guess we don't do well with our, our younger uh, generation is to uh, get them in the mindset of having what I guess what you would call a rainy day fund. And in this case, you would have definitely needed that to be able to take advantage of something like that. So, so what would you say um, – I guess you don't necessarily want to go around worrying about uh, when I may have to have a kidney transplant in one day. What, what is, from what you know, what are the statistics with that? Did you say that question again? Because I'm trying to understand. What, from what, what you know, what are the statistics for you know having it? Like, what did they tell you? You were you know, one in how many, or, or did they give you any figures in terms of where you stood in terms of having to have a kidney versus the, the regular person? Uh, when they first talk to you, they'll tell you, even when I, I first get on my first list was a UAB in Alabama, which is like the third, they're ranked third with kidney transplants back then. Um, they said it could take five to seven years. Oh, wow. So and, and did it? No, mine took two. Kind of like, and I, I'd offer to tell people this right here: you have to stay ready to be ready. And a lot of yeah. times, people wait to the last minute. Because when I got the phone call, when I finally got on the list at Carolina Medical Center in Charlotte, North Carolina, after they approved me, I think probably, I don't know, probably three weeks after that, I got my first phone call, and it was mm-hmm. a standby call. And they'll say, and here's another thing, too. When you're on standby, you can't eat until they finish. And it was three people ahead of me. But they were like, you're on standby just in case it does work. Two people did not qualify to get it, but the last person mm-hmm. did. And so when the lady called me that next day, well, that evening, and she said, uh, if you got the call this early, you're next. And 11 months from that day, that phone call, I got the phone call. Mm-hmm. Now, 11 months to some seems like a long time, and to others, it, you know, it, it, you know, I guess depending on your circumstances, it may, may not be that long. What was it for you? As far as, as long as, say that again now? Like you said, 11 months, and I'm saying for some people that's a long time. And then for others, depending on, you know, how they 
perceive the circumstances, it's like, okay, we can get through this. Uh, Where were you when they said it was going to take 11 months? What was your mindset? Mindset. Uh, When they said, well, they didn't say it was going to take 11 months. They just said you were next. If you had to call this or next. Ah, okay. Yeah. (laughs) And I dated that from 11 months from that phone call is when I got the call. Mm -hmm. But in your mind, when you hear next, you're like, you know, for me hearing seven years and me getting called in 11 months, (laughs) I was ecstatic. Okay. All right. I got you. That's what I was wondering. You know, I I guess Mm -hmm. it just depends on the perspective because that that does seem like a very long time to wait. But, you know, if you've been already waiting quite a while, it's it's like, okay, yeah. You you said they didn't tell you 11 uh, 11 months. Are you glad that they didn't tell you, or do you wish they had told you? No, I'm glad they didn't tell me because I – what if 11 months would have came and I didn't get it? Uh-huh. That would have been depressed. <laughs> okay. I got you. I understand that. So. Oh, one other thing I, I did want to say, I do remember going to Cleveland Clinic. And this okay. Was when I was, and this was even before I went on dialysis. And they told me that they gave me six months. Kidneys were failed, but they failed much sooner. Oh, wow. So, Somebody giving you time, <laughs> that really doesn't mean a lot. Yeah, I mean, we 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 think that we tend to think that the human body is uh, is calculable. It's a uh, well-oiled machine, and when it when it does fall apart, you're able to to tell. And um, you know, that's not always the case. You know, there's so many things sometimes that are going on behind the scenes. Uh, you know, undercurrents that are happening, yeah. like you know, that you just really don't know until sometimes something severe surfaces. So, oh, but, yeah. And let me, yeah. When you get called, <laughs> uh-huh. it's, no, it's no day, night. It's, it it could be any time. And I almost didn't answer. Because 11 o'clock really? at night. Yeah. I got oh, it like wow. it. I'm usually in bed. And you wow. think anybody calling you at 9.30, it must be a telemarketer. <laughs> right. Right. Wow. So that's something. Um, well, we're going to take our final break, and um, we're going to talk a little bit more about why it's important that you should consider uh, being an organ donor. Uh, the number is 516-387-1944 if you have any questions or comments. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple, dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720, Dobbs dedicated to serving our families. Hi, I'm Tim Garrison. Uh, You may know me as Timmy G. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the art with you. And I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's chill out jazz. 
the soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, on KHAM Radio. Are you chilling? Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Don't forget, if you have some tech questions, tomorrow's the day. It's third Thursday. That's Tech Thursday on G's Power Hour with Burton Kelso of Integral. So in the meantime, we're getting some perspective on organ donating with Marion Benton, who is a trainer. And if you have questions, the number is 516 so going forward now, uh, have how you get regular checkups, and yeah. what else do you do regularly? How, how has your life changed and how has it improved? And what would you tell others that are maybe hesitant? I'm going on my sixth year. Um, I have to get blood work every month, and I get seen every six months. So when you first initially get it, you're going to be seen, you're going to probably stay in a hotel. Well, for me in Charlotte, it was called the Hospitality House. Um, you're going to be seen almost every day for like a week or two. Mm. And then after, it, I didn't get to go home to like, I think maybe almost close to a month later. Um, wow. What I would, the other thing that I would tell people, I mean, it's a process, and I tell people it's a process. But having people in your corner and support, a, a good group of support, it really does help. And I have to give a shout-out to my wife and my one of my best friends, David Pointer. I mean, they were there, like, from beginning to end, and they don't laugh as much about it as I do, even from the first time I went in, because when I went in, I, I, I had, like, shortness of breath, and mm-hmm. and when hospital, they immediately took me back, and I had, like, 10 pounds of fluid on my chest. Oh, wow. And so when they had to immediately go to immediately surgery, and they had to put a port in your neck, and I hope this is going to resonate with people, because I'm going to tell you, uh, waiting, because I was waiting. I, was, I told my wife that morning, oh, I'm going to, after I finish training my clients, I'm going to go to the emergency room and, and let them check me out. Well, I went to my first client, and he said, Marion, you don't look so good. I was like, I'm starting not to feel either. <laughs> and I went, called my wife, my mom. We went to the hospital, told them what was going on. They immediately took me back. I immediately go to surgery. And when my best friend David walked into the uh, room, and this is when they put the port in your neck, they saw all this blood on the walls. And he was like, oh, my God, I mm. pass out. But oh, I tell no. people this, right? The journey that I was on, and I will tell you this right here, because I was stubborn, uh, I didn't want to go get checked out. Maybe if I got checked out sooner, things could have been a little better. Didn't have to go all through all the emergency stuff. That if you get the glimpse or hint that something is wrong, then go to your doctor, talk to them, tell them how you feel, and ask them what is the action plan. Because you may avoid what I did. And and when they do tell you that you're going to need a kidney transplant, I would say mm-hmm. while you're still well, go get the port put in. Okay. Because if you do it in an emergency situation, they got to go through your neck. Okay. All right. Wow. And it's not, I want to tell you that it's not fun. No, I can't imagine. I can't imagine any of this being fun, but you seem to have 
come out with a, a, a actually a new lease on life and a new attitude, you know, going forward, you know, you're very positive. And, you know, you you're, have a clear understanding, it seems, of what it means to take care of yourself uh, physically, you know. Um, and I guess, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of, of uh, mental and spiritual components that tie into all of this as well. You know, it's not just an, an attack on or an assault on your body. It's, it's on your whole, you know, presence. It's on your whole psyche, correct? It definitely is. But I will tell people this right here. They set me down, and this is fitting because it's Heart Health Month also. Uh, they set me yeah. down after the trench, and the first thing they said to me was, no stress. Like, they literally <laughs> emphasized that. Ah, uh-huh. So, yeah. I, I'm pretty much 90, I don't know, 97% there. I try not to let anything stress me because at the end of the day, you, let, you can let stuff stress you and tell yourself like you can handle it, but your body won't be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think in, in a lot of cases, uh, our lack of being able to handle stress causes us to get into a lot of our, our physical troubles, you know, like diabetes. I mean, yeah, there's other things. There's, there's eating habits and there's, there's exercise and all that type of stuff. But the thing about it is, and I know me personally, I, I know I'm a stress eater in some cases. Uh, you know, that's not a good way to necessarily handle stress. So, but yeah. it, you know, so it does it does trigger you know, and, and a certain amount of stress is good for certain situations. But if you don't know how to manage it, you don't know how to channel it, it will cause you problems with you know other components of your life. Yeah, it will. It definitely will. All right. Just, so, so based on what what you've been through, what do you want people to know? I want people to not play with their health. I want you to be a little better. And if you don't understand something, go get the help so you can so you can understand. The biggest problem is people have this fear or they have this pride where they don't want to ask for help or they won't they won't ask if they don't understand. They just go, and if you have questions while you're at home, write them down and take them to the doctor. Because usually if people go to the doctor without that, they forget. So, and I would tell people not to take your, not to take your health so lightly because, yeah, if something persists with you more than a week, you need to go get it looked at. Mm. Is your well. You can play around with it if you want to. It doesn't become serious to most people until it starts to fail. And that time, if you think this works while you're trying to ignore your ignore what your body's telling you, it is really work after it happens to you. Do you have any people in your life that you're really concerned about right now? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And and do they listen to you? Do you all talk? Um, do they make any type of changes after they've spoken with you at all, even for a moment? Do they do anything differently? Uh, some, some have. I think some just get to the point where they just 
they just got into a habit of just doing the things that were that's detrimental to their detrimental to their body. And mm-hmm. I always tell everybody, well, teacher's life experience. And when you do experience it, it won't be because I didn't try to help you or I didn't tell you so. Right. So real quick, um, I just wanted to ask you about your um, your training uh, pro- uh, program that you have right now. You mentioned it the last yeah. time. I just wanted to ask you oh. quickly, can you tell people about it? What I have is my course, and I and it's onboard101.com forward slash Marion Trainer. It's basically designed to educate you on some of the basic things of what fat weight versus uh, weight fat management versus weight management, fat loss versus weight loss, nutrition training. Uh, basically, it's a 12 module course that after you're done completing it, and every and when you do go through it. I'll know every time you take a test after each module, and it'll come to me and let me know whether you pass or whether you fail. So I'm in this with you. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Marion, thank educate. you for your time today. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. I would tell people educate to participate. And that's in all, all right. walks of life, especially when it comes to your fitness. We are glad that you are surviving and thriving and sharing what you know. And uh, thank you so much for, for sharing that today and getting people on, on board and letting them uh, hear your experience so that they can, you know, maybe consider some changes in their lives, um, even if they're not planning on becoming an organ donor. And then also yeah. for those that may not have considered it before, maybe looking into it and, and putting themselves on the list. So thank you so much. And I can go to MarionTrainer.com, and it's Marion Trainer Healthy Family Recipes. All right. I've uh, got to look into that one. So thank you all so right. much. Appreciate your time. Take care. All right. And thank all you right. all for listening. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed. God willing, talk with you tomorrow, and please remember. All real power comes from God. Take care.